0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. God's word that we will meditate on for this morning is from that epistle lesson on this Transfiguration Sunday, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in which Paul says this, just some select verses. He says, we are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is God's word. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't have to tell you that we've been living in an extraordinary Season of life where everybody is wearing a mask. And yet, why should you be surprised by it? You've grown up being able to see masked men, right? Superman masked himself as Clark Kent. Batman masked himself as Bruce Wayne. If I asked you who's the ultimate masked man of all, you would say... The Lone Ranger, right? Thrilling generations of children uh, with his call of hi-ho silver. But it's, it's Valentine's Day. Did you know that the Bible, there's this colorful Bible story that involves love and masks? It goes all the way back to the time of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac And then years later, uh, Isaac, he married Rebekah, and then Rebekah was pregnant and gave birth to twin boys, Esau and Jacob. And then when uh, more years passed and Isaac was old, uh, he was ready to give the family blessing and uh, pass it on to one of those uh, sons who would then be the head of the family clan. Well, uh, with the help of his mother, uh, Jacob disguised himself uh, in front of his old and nearly blind father, and he, he took it for himself. Esau was so mad that he vowed to kill Jacob. Jacob fled for his life to the homeland of his mother, where he met Rachel, beautiful daughter of Laban head over heels in love, worshiping the ground that she walked on. Uh, He uh, he worked out an exchange where he would work for Laban for seven years in exchange for the privilege of being able uh, to marry the love of his life. Well, the time came. Finally, the wedding day. Great big wedding feast. And in the middle of the celebration, Laban comes in with Jacob's bride, wearing the bridal veil. It was customary back in those days to wear um, a, a, a veil over the bride's uh, entire face so that it, no one would be able to see her face. It effectively hid this thick veil, effectively hid her from sight. And that's when Laban pulled the wool over Jacob's eyes. You you see, uh, Laban also had an older, unattractive daughter. Her name was Leah. And maybe because he thought there's no way a man is ever going to marry her, no one's going to ever pay for her dowry, he decided, and the solution is found in an, an unsuspecting, vulnerable Jacob. And so he pulled a switcheroo behind that veil so that, well... In Genesis chapter 29, there's almost this humorous passage, listen to it. The next morning, there was Leah. Surprise! The next morning, the lights went on. Jacob turned over and found himself gazing into the eyes of the wrong sister. Trembling with, air, with the anger he went to Laban and he said, what is this that you have done? Didn't I work for years for Rachel? Why have you deceived me? Jacob and Laban, they kind of deserved each other. They both used disguises and masks in order to trick and deceive people. Ah, but so do we we wear masks not the ones that are over our faces these are the ones that we wear over our hearts we mask how we really are feeling we'll put on a strong smiley face in order to stave off uh, any questions we hide behind an outward demeanor so no one knows what's really going on. We, we, we harbor hidden, deep hidden desires in our heads and in our hearts, afraid that should they ever get out into the light of day, oh, what will people think of us? But this morning is not just Valentine's Day. It's Transfiguration Sunday. And for a moment, Jesus lowers the mask of his humanity in order that we might get a glimpse of his glorious divinity. But now it's time for you to lower your mask, to take it off. Taking off your mask is going to expose the real you And if you don't take it off, God has his ways of being able to do it for you. But taking off and shutting your mask not only may be painful, may expose some painful blemishes in your life, but by lowering your mask, you are going to get a clear view of Christ and have a clear focus for your faith. And so we turn to Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in which Paul tells us it's not just brides that are wearing a veil on their faces. This time, it's an Old Testament leader by the name of Moses. In Exodus chapter 34, we're told why. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord." When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. So when Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. And Paul tells us why in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. The radiance on his face was fading away from the glory of the Ten Commandments, from him speaking face to face with God. See, the Ten Commandments are glorious because they are the perfect mask of a holy God. But the Ten Commandments were not meant to save people, but to point people. The Ten Commandments were not meant to be a lasting glory, but meant to be a fading glory. The Ten Commandments were not meant to be a permanent fix-all, but meant to be a temporary quick fix. So Moses put a mask over his face so that people would not be able to see this fading glory. But a mask over his face was only part of the problem. The other part of the problem were the people who were seeing him. Listen to Paul. The Israelites' minds were made dull, for the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. Even to this day, when Moses is read, there's a veil that covers their hearts. Minds made dull, a veil, over their hearts you know i've heard it said that people who get covid when they're recovering one of the after effects is like a brain fog Uh, people's thinking are clouded for days yes even for for weeks kind of what Paul is saying when he says that minds were made dull. It's like heads that are covered by a thick callus. The truth just isn't sinking in. And so for people can look at the Ten Commandments, but instead of seeing this brilliant mirror that reflects a holy God that therefore condemns and curses, people only see the Ten Commandments as a set of rules and guidelines. This is how you act. This is how you are. Codes of conduct. They tell you right and from wrong. And, and so you could go through life looking at the Ten Commandments, and all of a sudden it becomes a, this little list of checks. You put a check in when you have it done. And whenever people make a list, a checklist, they do it because they not only want to know what it is got to get done, but for the satisfaction of being able to put a check next to it, to draw a line through it, it is now done. People can get a sense of satisfaction with the Ten Commandments. And so when you are uh, putting a check, you're telling, God, I've just given you a reason to love me. Look at what I've done. We want God on Valentine's Day to love us. We want people to love us and when we do we feel like a saint and when we don't we feel like scum this is the veil Paul is talking about this this polarized flip-flop of extremes where we'll have a moral moment and we'll feel good about ourselves but then When we face a temptation, uh, an evil impulse, something that always seems to get the better of us, then we feel like scum. And we end up living the rest of the day uh, just depressed and discouraged. There's a veil that's over our hearts. And we try to mask it from the view of anyone else. And so we'll put on an outward veneer of, a, of a confidence. But inwardly, it's only because we want people to think that we are strong. Maybe, sometimes we'll even avoid the Ten Commandments, one or all of them, if it means that we just might be in favor or to, in order to secure the love of someone else. We hide behind our insecurities So that people are going to think the best of us. You know what that? That's a life of living behind one front and another veil, followed by another mask. And it's not the real you. How gullible we are. And people, this has been the story of human existence ever since the beginning. One of hiding. It's the reason why God, through Christ, had to come into this world in order to put things right. It's the reason why the Bible consistently tells us the story of weak people who are hiding behind their wants and their desires because, well, if, if I can only get Rachel, then I'll be happy in life. But then, like Jacob, we wake up the next morning and say, oh, it's not Rachel, it's Leah. And when our hopes go unrealized, we become disillusioned, we become disappointment, disappointed in life. Friends, it's time to take off the mask. And the Ten Commandments still has that powerful way a fading glory. Its brilliant light is able to expose the darkness of all of our sins. We cannot hide behind it because the law never saves us. Oh, but the law exposes and it kills us. How do we get rid of our masks? Paul tells us how. Listen. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Turning to the Lord, the veil is taken away. When you are feeling so low and discouraged and disillusioned in life, when you lack the words or the willpower, then there is one who is able to see the real you, but get this, He accepts you where you are at in your life. To ones who do not feel loved, there is one who loves. To the jilted bride walks in a real bridegroom. He is the husband to the husbandless. He is a father to the fatherless. He is the God of the weak and the unwanted and the unloved. He's not just a king and then we are his subjects. He is not just a shepherd and we are the sheep. He is the real bridegroom, the lover of your soul, who on this Valentine's Day there is only one set of arms in which you will find all of your desires and wants fully achieved. These are the set of arms that are are just waiting for you all the way to the very end of time. In a way, Jesus was like, he's like a son of Leah. He's the man that nobody wanted. There is nothing in him that we should want him. He came to his own, and even his own did not receive him. He's a man that nobody wanted in order to be what God wanted. And so he took upon himself all of our sins. And he died for them. And after that, the veil was torn. And everything that separated you from your God was gone. God sees the real you. So that now the only thing that is camouflaged from the sight of God is your sins. So that now, uh, Paul says... The Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from masks. See, to know this kind of love, to have this kind of freedom in this coming week, is to be so deeply moved that all of a sudden, everything that you've been, you've been wanting in life, um, all of your impulses, uh, all of your future dreams and hopes, they become secondary Because on Valentine's Day, you only have eyes for him, the one who only has eyes for you. And it means one thing, something, when you realize that kind of love, something transformative happens. Listen, we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. Transformed. uh, That's the word... Uh, that uh, uh, the Bible uses in the gospel account for Jesus' transfiguration. Um, it, it literally comes from a word called metamorphosis, which means a, a complete change. And so Jesus, uh, on that mountaintop, there, there was a complete change in in his appearance. Um, metamorphosis is what happens between a caterpillar that changes into a butterfly. When you look at the two, uh, th- there's... One of them is creepy and crawly on the ground and the other one is flying through the air with a couple of wings. That word is what the Bible uses to describe you. You are, are, are transformed from the old you to the new you. There, there, there's a change that has happened to you. One of it is God's declaration. You are not scum, he declares. You are mine and you are my saint. That transforms us. It transforms. We, we come out of our cocoon. We become a reflection of Jesus. Uh, people judge who Jesus are by the reflection that you give him. When you are patient and kind and loving and forgiving, then people will see Jesus in who you are like, which means if you are not like that, that is how they judge Jesus. So this morning, it's about masks, and it's about taking them off. It's about transformation, but that's why Paul says we are being transformed into his likeness, because life, this transformation process, it's not a one-and-done deal. It's ongoing. It's, it's ongoing. You're going to be, the process of being transformed in your life, it will go on until you draw your last breath. But until you do, God promises the power of his spirit is going to be there helping your transformation. I say this, uh, go back outdoors, wear your masks as you're supposed to. But remember, we're heading into a season that is called Lent, in which we are going to take off our masks, that we hide behind, we're going to take them to the cross and put it down there where Christ is going to smash them for us. Wear your mask, but know that because of God's spirit, there's a freedom from masks this morning and always for the rest of your life. May God grant you that kind of spiritual freedom so someday we will be able to stand before him with unmasked Faces. May God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen.